0: Our second scripture is Luke chapter 17, verses 20 to 21, and chapter 18, verses one through eight. Once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the reign of God was coming. And he answered, the reign of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the reign of God is among you. Then Jesus told them a parable, about their need to pray always and not to lose heart he said in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared god nor had respect for people in that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying grant me justice against my accuser for a while he refused but later he said to himself though i have no fear of god and no respect for anyone Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming." And Jesus said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not grant justice to God's chosen ones who cry to God day and night? Will God delay long in helping them? I tell you, God will quickly grant justice to them, and yet, When the human one comes, will he find faith on earth. We celebrate the written word of scripture.
1: Thanks Thanks be be to God. God.
0: We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks Thanks be be
1: to God. God. Please pray with me. Loving God, open our hearts that we might listen to you that we might listen for the cries of those in need. Write your word upon our hearts, that we might embody your love for all people. Amen. This morning, our scripture is the parable of the persistent widow and the indifferent judge. It's a great little story. There's this judge who couldn't care less. Jesus says the judge has no regard for God or for people. What a great judge. And there's this widow who has a case, a cause, a plea, and she brings it to the judge. She wants justice. The judge ignores her and ignores her and ignores her. The widow persists and persists and persists until finally the judge says, okay, all right, even though I don't care about God or about people, I'll grant you justice. Because this widow's persistence is starting to feel like a slap in the face. Jesus tells this story and then he says, listen to the judge, won't God do better than that? Now at first we might think, well that's a pretty low bar. (laughs) This judge who cares not for God, not for people, not for justice, won't God do better than that? Well, that is a good thing. Back in Alabama, I taught a law school class with student interns who were working with federal judges. I was visiting with one of the judges one day, Judge Inga Pritz-Johnson, and she shared with me her path to the bench. She was an unusual judge for Alabama. She was Scandinavian, born in Denmark. She practiced law in Denmark, immigrated to the US, and then went to law school all over again in the United States and became a lawyer and then a judge. Before she was appointed by President Clinton to be a federal judge, Judge Ingepritz-Johnson had been elected, she'd been elected as a state judge in rural Alabama. That's somewhat unusual if she had any accent at all it wasn't a southern accent which marked her as someone who wasn't from around here not letting that hold her back she ran for circuit judge and she went door to door with just one campaign promise as a judge i will read every piece of paper that you file with the court That struck me as a rather unexciting campaign slogan. I will read every piece of paper you file with the court. But it worked. She met people face to face, promised that she would read what they filed, she would listen to what they had to say, and then, then she would judge. And she was elected and re-elected for 20 years because that mattered to people. It may be such a simple thing. I will listen to your case. Your plea for justice will not fall on closed ears and an indifferent heart. As a judge, I will take you and your case seriously. It was a simple thing, but it was no small thing. She promised them the dignity of being seen and being heard with the opportunity for justice. The judge in this parable, only through the persistence of the widow, finally listens to her cause. And Jesus says, won't God do even better than that? Pray and God will listen. That is no small thing. But this is a parable. So surely that can't be all. It feels a little too easy. Parables are these stories Jesus tells that turn the world on its head. The stories engage the world of those who hear them. They seem ordinary, a day in the life, but then there's this twist, something we don't expect. They are intended to surprise and to challenge and to shake things up. Amy J. Levine suggests we might be better off thinking less about what parables mean and more about what they can do. Remind, provoke, refine, confront, disturb. With parables, we always want to think about how those who first heard these parables might have heard them in their world. What would they have expected? What would have surprised them? And maybe in their world, the people who first heard this story, they wouldn't have expected much better from the indifferent judge. They lived in a world of hierarchical power, of power over. Those in power, they didn't have to respond to those who lacked power. You cry for justice, and you cry for justice, and no one ever really listens. You scrape by. Sometimes your kids go hungry at night, and life grinds on. But in this parable, someone actually grabs the attention of the powerful and wrestles justice out of the powerful, this this widow This woman in this patriarchal world, this woman cries out and cries out and cries out, I will not be ignored. And she causes the indifferent judge to finally listen and to grant her justice. The world of this parable is actually different from the world the people knew. Their tradition, the law, requires above all care for the widow, the orphan, and the immigrant. But more often than not, in their world, Those pleas fell on hardened hearts. What happens in this parable, this, is remarkable. A judge who is persuaded by loud persistence to respond to the cries of the vulnerable and who eventually grants them. And so Jesus says, listen to this judge. Won't God listen? Won't God bring justice to those who cry out day and night? Won't God act without delay? This is a world different from the world the people know where the pleas of the vulnerable are heard and the promises of the law are fulfilled. What Jesus is talking about here is the reign of God, the kingdom of God. Remember, that's how the teaching started. Jesus is asked, when will the kingdom of God come, the reign of God? And he says, it's not coming with things you can observe in some far-off future. The reign of God is here among you now, the new creation. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus is turning the world right side up. Jesus has come to proclaim good news to the poor and freedom for the oppressed. Those held low are being lifted up and the mighty are being brought down from their power. Jesus says the reign of God is among you. Listen, let me tell you a story. There was a widow who persisted and got justice from an indifferent God. Won't God do more? Won't God listen to the cries of the vulnerable? Won't God act without delay? Yes, I tell you, God will quickly grant justice. This is who God is and then... And then Jesus asks, and when the human one comes, the one who lives out the fullness of the God in the fullness of humanity, when the human one comes, will he find faith? Oh, there's the real twist. Did you see that? Jesus has been telling us something about God, the God who listens and acts with delay, and all of a sudden he's asking us something about us. The reign of God, the new creation, is here right now. Among you, in the midst of you, within you, you are a new creation. Will you live like that is so? When the human one comes, will he find faith? In this world full of the cries of the vulnerable, how will you live? In this new creation, when the vulnerable cry out for help, will you listen? Will you act without delay? Will the human one find persistent justice or indifference? We come to this scripture on World Food Day. World Food Day was established by the United Nations as a day of learning, awareness, and action. Its goal to free humanity from hunger and malnutrition and to better manage the global food system. According to the UN's latest data, 828 million people in the world suffer from hunger, even though, even though the world produces enough food to feed everyone on the planet. 60% of them are women, 70% live in rural areas, of infant deaths globally are related to malnutrition. Global efforts to end hunger had been making progress with, with hunger actually on the decline all the way to 2014 when the hunger rate started to rise again. More and more people are food insecure, perilously close to hunger with more threatened because the main root causes of hunger include things we know all too well, conflict, like in Ukraine, climate extremes, hurricanes, flood, drought, part of our trajectory toward climate collapse, and economic slowdowns like those related to COVID-19. The world is full of pleas and cries of the hundreds of millions who hunger, World Food Day asks us to listen and to act. Hunger is a global problem. The harm is individual. Hunger harms real people and real families in their real lives. And the problem of hunger is structural and global. Global systems that ineffectively and unfairly distribute the world's food supply. This church acts to alleviate hunger locally in Marin County and across the Presbytery. And this church and others across the country have joined the global effort to end hunger, particularly through the work of Bread for the World, an organization that advocates for national and global changes in public policy. One of the most important advances in this effort has been the Global Food Security Act, which has passed through Congress twice now with bipartisan support. The Global Food Security Act commits the federal government, the United States government, to participate in an international strategy to ensure global food security. Among other things, the legislation authorizes something called Feed the Future. It's the flagship U.S. food security initiative, which broadly focuses on inclusive and sustainable agricultural-led economic growth strengthened resilience among people and systems, and improving nutrition, particularly among women and children. The Global Food Security Act is up for reauthorization this year. And if it doesn't get reauthorized, all that effort ends. Bread for the World is leading grassroots advocacy to make sure that this important, effective initiative remains in place. And after worship, as you'll hear more in a little bit, you will have an opportunity to be a part of that. We come to this morning's scripture on World Food Day, and we find an indifferent judge who is ultimately moved to justice by the widow's persistence. In the parable and in Jesus, we experience a God who hears the cries of the vulnerable, the hungry, the poor, the oppressed, and responds without delay. Jesus says the reign of God Is among you. You are the new creation. Will you live into that? Will you listen? Will you act? This morning, we have specific ways that we can act, that you can act right here, right now, before you leave church. As Barbara's going to explain in just a moment, this morning we're participating in Bread for the World's Offering of Letters campaign. Bread for the World is coordinating this letter-writing campaign like the persistent widow, letter after letter after letter to policymakers to amplify the cry of the hungry, to argue their case, and to work to change the systems that maldistribute the world's resources. During children's time, the children led us in gathering food for the food bank. You can continue to bring in your cans and food. Do that again next week. Next week is the sensibility offering. Our Presbytery-wide collaborative hunger action effort, you can bring your sensibility offering here, or you can go online right now or during the offering and give to sensibility efforts to alleviate hunger. We know that our own Nick Morris is the executive director of Marin Street Chaplaincy. You can continue to give or to volunteer there, and of course, you can pray. That is, after all, how this parable is introduced. And then Jesus told them a parable about how they should pray and never give up. Pray? But I thought we were talking about action. This week, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I ran across a piece in The Atlantic written by a Muslim writer, Abdullah Shihipar. He was writing not long after the Uvalde Eval- killings, reflecting on that phrase, thoughts and prayers. He wrote about it in an article titled The Kind of Prayer That Could Make a Difference. He noted that the phrase thoughts and prayers spoken in response to deep suffering has too often become synonymous with doing nothing. Drawing from his tradition though, Shihipar wrote this. Prayer is so much more than just a figure of speech. In its best form, prayer combines reflection listening with an intention to act if prayer is not coupled with an intent to act then we're really just asking god to take care of something that we won't in response to human suffering even every prayer every prayer he writes every prayer is a reminder Of what we need to do. Rabbi Abraham Heschel once said that when he marched with Dr. King at Selma he felt like his legs were praying. A life of prayer engaged in the deep need of the world in their tradition and in ours. This parable of the indifferent judge And the persistent widow doesn't just give us a new and a clearer version of God. God who listens to the cries of the vulnerable and acts without delay. It gives us a new vision of us. A new vision of us and of our relationship to each other and to God. All of us part of the new creation we experience in resurrection and the life we live in Jesus Christ. At the Last Supper... Jesus stands in the midst of the disciples and says, I am among you as one who serves. In this story, Jesus tells them a parable about that. This parable invites us to join in and to persist in the cries of the widow, the vulnerable, and the hungry to listen with God to the deep need of the world, to live together into the new life, the new humanity we have in Christ, to act without delay, to pray, and never, never give up.